what the f*** are you doing? <laughs> I'm Reverend Peggy Clark, Senior Minister at Community Church of New York. I'm Jill Novensky, the Director of Religious Education. And we're coming to you from Community Church here in the heart of Manhattan in New York City. Coming from a long line of disruption. Four fires, three name changes. Two pandemics. <laughs> four times. We sold five of our buildings. Yeah, that part. We had a vote to oust the minister. We're in a rented church space. We got sued by four members. <laughs> Oh my God. We're inviting you to join us for a Sunday to Sunday rundown of how we do things here, hoping that you find out what that might look like for you. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we are showing up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the thing I didn't tell you before. I don't know, I was like, <laughs> so I started uh, working on this Sunday's, the sermon for this Sunday, and this Sunday's. Like it's different, but I'm going to keep the sermon because I was told that thing that it had to be there. <laughs> We're going to see how much has to be in a service, but um, but I was told the sermon has to be there. So I'm writing the sermon, and sometimes when I don't know where to start on a sermon, sometimes I start like in the middle or even at the end. Like this is the point I want to make, and see yeah. if I know how to get there. Work back, right? But this one was feeling almost like there was too much information, and was like. I was sort of overwhelmed, which made me feel like I didn't know where to start or even where the middle was or where the end was. So I just wrote, and this was, I felt like the clarifying point for me, and I typed it on the page. I went, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> oh my God, I that's an awesome starting out. point. <laughs> Bold, underlined. I would totally do that. That's something I would completely do. And then I was like, that's the question. Like, <laughs> of, like if I want to sort my thoughts. So you're just going to start the service with, <laughs> with that one liner. Yeah, that's a Because great... I think that's the question, like, of all of it. I think, like, that's the, like, really, like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Like, what, what am I doing? It's a totally valid right, question. It's a valid question. That's a really valid question. Right, we have this huge budget. I keep saying that, right? I'm saying to staff all the time. Like, there's a huge budget. We have this great staff, really yeah. talented, huge staff. I mean, for a church, it's massive. Yeah. And and then, like, what are we doing? What right. are we doing? Who are we serving? What, even, like, I mean, sometimes I ask myself, like, what am I called to? And I'm, is this really what I'm called to? But it is. Like, in general, yeah. the ministry and even parish ministry, as much as I've resisted parish ministry a lot in my life, but now that I'm here, like, yes, I get it. This is, I am, I am called to be, at the very least, I'm called to be, in this parish right now yeah like for that sure. feels pretty clear to me right. i am kind of the right person in the right place at the i don't right think time. there's anything else to know other than that really right, too, maybe, actually. maybe right. i mean what else right. then, how can right. we know see what happens next yeah <laughs> but there but there is this feeling for me of like the world is hurting so badly so badly and who who are we serving who's in the room and I think that the people in our room are hurting. Like, it's not like we're not serving people who need to be served. It's really that, although I don't know if that's true in every UU church, but in ours, these are people who need to be served. But there aren't that many of them. They're just, when you think about like the neighborhood, right, just standing here on the stoop, right, and people are walking by. I feel yep. like, you know, 
Are you lonely? Are you frightened? Are you, do you feel abandoned? Do you need more meaning in your life? Are you searching for depth? Because I would bet you that of the hundreds of people who've walked by, most of them would say yes. Well, that's my question. Like, honestly, that's what I, I always think. I always think, like, if I start with a question like, what the heck am I doing? Then I suddenly find myself your language is cleaner than assuming <laughs> that millions of other people are asking themselves that same question yes. all the time. Right. So on a Sunday, we can bet that a lot of the people that are showing up are asking themselves that same question. So that's relatable, like just to say that that's relatable. It's immediately relatable that we're all kind of wondering, what is my purpose here? But don't you also think that people who are showing up, like, why? Why am I showing up? Why do I, why on a Sunday am I choosing to go here and do this thing instead of like staying home and reading the New York Times? And yeah. Going to brunch. Like, yeah. I think it's the same question. What, what am I looking for? Yep. What do I really think I'm going to get? How am I going to, is this really going to do it for me? You know, is this, where do I find what I need? And I really think right now, so I was heading yesterday to meet some friends and I thought, God, in 2016 and then like 17, 18, like through the Trump years, it felt like the country couldn't be more divided, right? That the fractures were so deep and those divides were getting just, not just divided, it was wounds. It felt yeah. like we were wounded. It yeah. was like gaping holes. And yet, going to see them I thought man it feels even worse because right now with this war in the Middle East it doesn't even feel like there's a red blue divide it feels like now we're talking inside families yeah. right inside friend I mean I've known these people literally since elementary school I, they, that's how long I've been friends with these two yeah. people and I thought I don't know where they're going to come out on this I don't know I, I sort of know them well enough to feel like we're going to be fine and at the same time not everyone in my family is excited with me right now, right? And and people, I feel like all like those deep wounds, it's just gotten worse. Is it's we are so fragmented in a way I almost didn't imagine we could be. I could see the blue red thing, but this is different. This is yeah. this is rooted. Well, even with blue red, like I lost family members. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I actually had to make really painful decisions with family members and that never has that hasn't changed since then you know so this is just one more layer but uh you know so in this really bruised and hurting world we've got all these structures we've got all these churches we've got like we sort of have the infrastructure to address something then the question for me is what i was right on top of my paper like the fuck are you doing right and i don't <laughs> think that there are always ready answers so like the cool thing is to kind of have an approach that says, well, let's try this. Because the fact of the matter is, we're all, I think, looking for something different. That's for sure. We want something different that isn't the same awfulness we're facing every single day. So why would people show up on a Sunday in my head? That's definitely looking for something different. They're trying. So if they show up trying, and we show up trying new things, I mean, I, I think that that's just sort of a great meeting ground. There's spiritual grounding right in that space. But to be very honest and open about that, that we're not showing up with answers necessarily, but we are showing up in community with you, 
trying to work it out and figure it out. And we have some of these things we might offer context around that could get us all to a better place. Right. That's a consumer thing, right? So it's not yeah. like you're going to show up and sit in the pew and I'm going to provide and for you. And receive the word. Right. right. <laughs> I'm going to give you all the answers to your life. Right. And then you're going to walk out feel, feeling. Yeah. Right. Right. And do something nice together. for somebody else and then feel good right. about yourself. And then that's church done. Right. And co-creating it, I want to say, isn't like we co-create because we have worship associates or because there are members who sing in our choir. That's not what co-creation to me is. It really is this like, where is that creative space around who we are and who we want to be? Like, where's the, the space between those things? And how are we together pushing ourselves and each other into what's next? Yeah. That's really, that's for me what co-creation is about. Right. It's very, I mean, I love the relational approach. There's no real separation there. There's always an ear open to what are the people saying? What are people suggesting? What are they asking for? You know, what are they willing to pitch in for? Um, where is the energy going? Like being always open to whatever organically is unfolding. Hmm. Well, I'm hoping people are open organically to what unfolds this Sunday because it's really going to be different. I'm like trying something new. In some way, inspired by the energy around the sort of disrupt church thing, like people being like, "Yes, yes, yes, that's what we need," yeah. and and I, you know, largely inspired by well, my own feeling of what am I, what am I doing with myself and my life, and my ministry, and then inspired by Darnell, by the yeah. musician in residence, yeah. who himself had never really even heard of Unitarian Universalism, showed up here has been so inspired he wants to join, he's converting, and has brought all of these choir members, all these professional singers from around the city who are phenomenal, who themselves are feeling the same way. I was like, I thought she was evangelical. He's like, well, now she's Unitarian. So, right. I mean, there's just this, like, their energy and him realizing, and him saying to me that that day, he's like, do you know how many people want to hear what you have to say? It's like, it's ridiculous that you're in this church, that you're in this one building on a Sunday afternoon. Like, no one's coming in here. No one's looking for this space to sing hymns and listen to a preacher because they have no idea they need to hear you. And, yeah. and he was like, Peggy, seriously, you and me on a street corner. Like, I'm going to sing and you're going to preach and people are going to hear the word they need to totally. hear. Totally. And I feel like, that for me, that was really inspiring. Like, right, they're not coming in here. What are we doing? Like, we have to bring it to people. Yeah. We have, we really have a message of healing and salvation and people want to hear it. Well, also too, like this, this, you know, I, I, it's, I'm hard pressed to understand why we would want to only think within the context of people that already identify as you, you anyway. Like, I mean, well, we don't. I mean, because the yeah. majority, we don't. The yeah. majority of, of people like myself, you know, came unchurched. I mean, I had a little bit of an idea that, yeah, it would be nice to have my three-year-old, you know, with some spiritual grounding, but I'm not attaching to any denomination. I'm not, you know, I'm not about that life and whatever, <laughs> and, you know, but I, and I was totally inspired by the principles, fourth principle, especially the idea that critical thinking is welcome. I mean, that kind of thing to latch onto. And I think about people like me now, that's what I think, like people yeah. that definitely would not be walking into a church other than to pick, take pictures of the windows, you know, the stained glass windows and that, you know. But with this framework that we have as a denomination, I mean, who doesn't need to hear that, receive it, 
and use the tools. I mean, who doesn't need that right now? I think we all do. Oh, I think we absolutely <laughs> all do. Like, I so believe that. Wow. Are we, should we be doing something formal? Like, hey, this is the Disrupt Church podcast. <laughs> we could. We just did. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. All right. Episode one and a half point six yeah, point or whatever. Six, version five. Down. Right. <laughs> Let's go inside. Sorry, guys, for all the noise of the trucks. Welcome to New York City. So we were just saying that almost like part two of what we just started out on the stoop, we actually have much more to say. <laughs> so let's do that. Let's, let's go to that. I don't yeah. remember what your question was, but I remember I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, and I come to this a lot. Like I feel like our listeners could probably might be really interested in some things that we, you and I, probably take for granted. And I only say that because you and I have a way of doing things just naturally that it seems like other people a lot of times think are really bold. And so, you know, hashing out like what that process looks like, we're coming up on a Sunday where the whole liturgy is being changed up. And that's not to say it's going to be every Sunday. It's a test. It's a trial. But for some people that... You know what I find that you and I do that is really that other people think is bold yeah. is tell the truth. <laughs> I swear, I really I mean, mean it. Like, right. I feel like... People are constantly like being nice. I mean, not that we're not. Well, no, we're not so nice. I mean, we're right. kind. I think we're kind and we're we're open and forgiving and generous in some ways. But we also really say something. Like when something isn't working, we really say it. We don't just let things go forever. <laughs> yeah, and I think for the listeners, it might be interesting to understand that not only is that just kind of who we are, because that's there's partly, of course, that but that we exist in an ecosystem at Community Church where that's uh, invited. I mean, and that wasn't always the case at Community Church. It's a huge culture shift we've already experienced, but then... Can you say more about that? Because I wasn't... Well, I mean, I also particularly stayed out of that all of the years that I was at the church when there was strife and things were going on. But I do know that the culture was very different. We had a senior minister who pretty much controlled everything. So the idea of being kind of in that consumer mindset we've talked about before was in full effect. You know, people show up, they receive, they leave, you know. And, and, and with that, you know, whole animal that happened at Community Church, it was a big culture shift. So now we've rendered down, we've had a pandemic, we've had all the, we've sold our buildings, you know, and... Yeah, we've kind of like gotten everything down to the foundation in some way, right? It's like yeah. a new... We, we, we're sort of down to that umami at the bottom of the pot. It's really flavorful. There's not a lot of it. So it's like yeah. we're coveting it. It's cherished. But that's also that whole like mission model, right, that we talk about because the model is what we've now t just taken down. Yeah. We've just dismantled that's it. That's right. And, and to bring things full circle to where we were on the stoop, we boil down to that question what in the world are we doing? Yeah. Like, what is it that we're really, like, you really get to the essence of, yeah. you know, what are, I mean, what better time to do that than when the whole world is in a pandemic? Right. I mean, you're sitting in your, you can either twiddle your thumbs and feel isolated and just fall into a serious depression, or you can kind of try to figure out some 
reframed meaning and purpose and and we've done that so it's really kind of a beautiful place to be to say we're going to have a Sunday where I'm switching everything yeah and I think you know the pandemic actually did strip a lot down for a lot of people in all the ways and then we added to that by selling our buildings and like returning not to our space so we didn't have that familiarity we sort of we didn't have the luxury of going back into old habits because we didn't have our space anymore. So instead, we have these offices that nobody's ever really in. It's just staff. That's right. I mean, otherwise, it's because those stairs are so bad oh that God. people don't come up yeah, there. Nobody. So it's just us. So we just meet in the church. It's the only time we see people and then online. So we did, we stripped it down. The model didn't exist. And right, so this Sunday, we're doing this whole new liturgy and I'll tell you, so I took this liturgy right now. I was like, I just had this idea. It was in the car, part of my like, what am I doing? And feeling like, I mean, to be really honest, I mean, here's the truth, right? I was in the car thinking, I can't be the only one who finds this 19th century liturgy deadening. And I can't be the only one who needs more. I mean, and then, in fact, I said it to all of you and Steph one day, I was like, we're not even serving the people in the room anymore because most of them can't hear us. Right. Right. The sound is so bad. They're watching it on YouTube so that they can hear, right, while they're in the room just to be with each other and with us. But I mean, that's the, so who are we serving? But really on the way, feeling like I can't do this anymore. And then I thought, what could I do? What would make me feel like I'm doing the job to which I'm called? I'm serving the people who I love and desperately want to serve right. and not feel hollow and empty and and dead. Well, so that's it. the whole thing. Like coming listening to you talk through that is so fascinating because I feel like that just was like literally a step-by-step process for how to create culture shifts. Right? Like it it the first step is questioning your your circumstance and saying what is working and what isn't working for me right and then it's questioning yourself and saying what am I doing but then it's I think it's a big deal to incorporate an understanding that if I feel like that there's no question that lots of other people feel like that especially if I'm the one generally at the helm so if I'm feeling like that, it's definitely going to translate on some sort of a level. So then, when, so then when you go to the next step, which is like, what could I be doing differently? What are the possibilities here? What could I try out? Then there, there becomes a knowing that if you try something out, you're all trying it out. You've already decided that there are, you know, we're connected, right? And we're interconnected and we're interdependent. And if you make a change, it's going to make a change overall. And maybe it works and maybe it doesn't. But there's movement, and that by itself is energizing. And, you know, if people are saying yes to trying things, and you're actively developing things to try, that's a whole community together saying, we don't know what it is, we don't know what the answer is, but we are in this together. And I think that's so big. And you started out by saying that there are things we just take for granted. Yeah. And one of them is that we're in a place where people are like, okay, let's try something else. Yeah. And I think, honestly, everyone could do that. Everyone could. They could say, this doesn't really work. Yeah. And just get creative and do something new. And instead, you know, they just get, they think small. 
Well, yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's just human condition. It's, you know, it, 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 if you're overwhelmed, you're at capacity, which so many people are right now, of course. I think, like, you know, the natural tendency is to go myopic, to narrow down, you know, and then kind of even self-isolate, at least in your mind a little bit. You know, you get really narrow and you sort of lean into just the things that you know. Maybe it's better the devil you know than the one you don't. But I think the things that you and I take for granted are the whole, all those steps in terms of, you know, I guess you're, you're driving home and you're questioning, what am I doing? Or you're driving home and you're saying something is not working here. What, what could it be? Right? Well, and I've had the experience of changing things and being energized by them enough that it feels like if I, if I just move forward with it, I will feel better yeah. rather than what I think you're talking about, the instinct of pulling back, like right. I'm exhausted, I'm going to do less, right. which for me feeds on itself. Right. I think that's for us, that's so true. And, and if it's for us, it's for a lot of people, but maybe, you know, there are so many people in a funk right now. I'm hoping that this is useful for anybody because some people have stayed a little bit more energized throughout this last three and a half years. I think weirdly we've been gifted with extra circumstances besides just pandemic, right? The selling of all the buildings, um, the discomfort of being in a rented space and, and, and the theology of the space itself doesn't work for a lot of our members and all the things. You know, we're also not tripping over, I mean, when I think about like DREs right now and feeling like they're being nickeled and dimed totally. and that experience of like being like squoze in for everything that they have. And I think probably for a lot of ministers too, being cut down, like what is three quarter time? Like, that's, right. that's not a real thing. That doesn't really exist. That's, that's full time for less money is what it yeah, is. Right? And so, and that's happening to a lot of people. So there's also, I think, reasonably a lack of motivation of course because what we're doing this sunday is changing the whole liturgy and it really did take a lot of my energy to figure out you know and then there's the question of like are we are we really designing our worship lives around who we who we have showing up every sunday or are we thinking about the wider world and doesn't our faith call us to think that way and if we think that way like that's a very different thing now you're kind of forced to break out of those comfort zones. Well, that's the mission, right? So if the mission is service to the world, pastoral and the creation of equitable society, if that's the mission for everybody, then all the models should simply serve the mission. I find that Unitarian Universalists are so liberal, generally, politically, and theologically, that we get very afraid of change liturgically. We need the habit of doing the same thing over and over because it feels safe, because we are so open to the possibility that everything else is wrong, right? I mean, that's if there's an elevator speech for me, it's, you know, that revelation continues to unfold, right? We're, right. Open, we're open to being wrong. With that, if everything, if the ground under you could move, then you sort of create these structures that are really stable. So in some way, what we're doing on Sunday by trying out this new liturgy is saying not even the thing you think is going to be the same is going to be the same. And maybe that's even mean unless it really feeds you better. I don't think there could, it could possibly be mean. I'll tell you why. I, because we're doing it together. The whole premise is relational. It's presented that way. It's named out loud. And I think the congregation really appreciates that because we all have to lean into trust. 
We have to trust our senior minister, but we also trust in the idea that we'll try things. That it, it, we're not attaching to permanence. Yeah. We're attaching to transformation. It's a big difference. That's probably a good way to end this. <laughs> Sweet. Let's see who we turn into next. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Disrupt Church podcast, hosted by Reverend Peggy Clark and Jill Novensky and produced by me, Starling Carter, for the Community Church of New York. To find out more about Community Church, visit us online at www.ccny.org. To join the Disrupt Church conversation, you can find us on Facebook and on Substack. You can find links to both of these in our show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, or better yet, send it to a friend. See you next time.